0: My name is Deborah. I'm a writer who loves all things money
1: I'm Huiyu, and I'm a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money And you're listening to Good Girls Talk About Money The monthly podcast where we talk about how you can build a clearer picture of your financial well-being
0: And be more confident about money in general
1: Hey! Hello, Hway How are you? Hey, Debs, Hello! Haven't seen you in a couple of months. Well, I guess since
0: you took a break for the last episode, so I guess I haven't seen you in two months?
1: Two months, yes. Yes, so what yeah. have you been up to?
0: Okay, so recently I've been thinking that maybe I can consider buying a new place. Because I reached the minimum occupancy period, period for my current flat in November. So I'm toying with the idea of buying a mansionette. You know those double-storey HDB flats? Oh yes, I used to live There's in one. Pr- yes. I mean, yeah, I think the layout is really cool. But having studied the market recently, the average price of most mansionettes around my area is around one point one. To 1.2 million dollars Sounds right. Yep. yep.: Yeah. So what I've done is I tried to see if I can bullet journal my way to better financial decisions. So I started a bullet journal, wow. like, checking property prices, like how much will my flat sell versus how much is the property that I want to buy? And then the next page is like how much I'm investing every month color-coded to the investment tool and how much investment I have in the various like accounts that you know um I have right now and I've also done a cash savings page like every time I have cash savings I will do a nice coin and like say how much I have in cash and also checking my credit card spending to see whether it will go up or go down as the months as the year goes by so Hopefully, by the end of the year, I can make a better decision regarding whether I'm financially suited to buy a new property or I should just stick stick it out and stay where I am and, I don't know, be a good girl and pay off the the loan for this this flat and just live out the rest of my life. You know, here. Okay,
1: I see. You are extremely committed. You have a plan. You have a book.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, so this bullet journal thing is just one of the New things that I've decided to start to keep me occupied during this lockdown. And also, I'm thinking like, wouldn't it be really nice if I could just strike Toto? Then I wouldn't need to start a bullet journal. Like, easily give me $500,000, you know, I'll be, I'll be quite happy.
1: Yep, this is uh, the typical Sim- Singapore dream, I guess. But uh, <laughs> speaking of Toto and oh, yes. wanting to strike Toto, this brings <laughs> me to our, our topic for the month. And mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's in line with National Day. It's August, it's National Day, some National Pride, striking like the Toto, the Chinese New Year, jackpot and all these things, right? Yeah. Okay, let's put it this way. I was quite conflicted when I was doing the, the research for the stats. Mm-hmm. The likelihood, the odds of striking Toto and <laughs> the chances are so slim, I will go into it later. Okay. But, but, but the reason why I say I'm conflicted, right, is because my dad, he really did strike uh, Big Sweet first price. Oh my and god. Now that I know how slim his odds were, I think it's incredibly incredible. But um, maybe it wasn't such a good thing. But okay. Anyway, that, yeah, this one, another time. Um, anyway, so would you like to know how your odds are in striking I think football? first of all, maybe you can educate me a
0: little bit. I mean, I do buy the odds Toto Ticket, you know, come Chinese New Year, right? Okay, so tell me more about the Toto system. Like, how frequent is it and exactly how much do I need to buy a total ticket?
1: Like, how much is it? Okay, from my research, Toto happens mm-hmm. every every Monday and Thursday. Uh, so you have your chances twice a week. Mm-hmm. The draw will take place at 6.30pm. Okay, how much can you spend, right? The minimum Mm. bet is $1. But my mom likes to Mm. buy this System 7. I think it's $7. It gives you seven numbers. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it increases your odds. But then again, okay, we will talk about odds later. Mm -hmm. Um, Have I struck Toto? I haven't, okay? (laughs) Um, but, But then again, there are so many groups in Toto, which I found out when I was doing my research. Do you mm-hmm. know about this? Do you know about the Group 1, Group 2, Group 3? Do you know about this?
0: I know. I mean, yeah, I kind of like briefly know about the Group 1, Group 2, Group 3, Group 4 thing. And also sometimes when I buy Toto, right, I don't just buy the $1 quick pick. I try to up my odds a little bit. And in a rather non-scientific way, right? So basically, Toto is $1 to 49 correct? Yes. Yes. So, and then basically, in order to win, you need six numbers, correct? So, every time I buy one of these like big Hong Pao draw type of total, I try to pull as many friends together as possible to buy as many numbers as possible. So, there was once I, I dropped um, all my friends a hypothetical question, right? Is it better to have a bigger ball and try to drop it into a hole, one hole, or is it better to buy many balls and drop it into many holes? Anyway, I I feel like I'm not explaining my analogy enough because everyone was like, what the hell is she talking about? So basically what I wanted to know was, will my odds of winning total be better if I buy more numbers? So say for instance, instead of buying seven numbers or eight numbers, I go up to as many as 12 numbers. You know, obviously the ticket will be more expensive, but maybe I buy with six friends, right? And everyone choose two numbers. So will that improve our odds of winning some, you know, at
1: least a considerable sum of money. That's what I, how I try to win Toto sometimes. <laughs> so, you see, the funny thing is when we buy, like, people like us, right, the not mm-hmm. very serious Toto buyers, when we buy total, mm-hmm. it's a very brainless, okay, let's pull together some money in mm-hmm. hopes that we will strike. Yeah. But when you do the research, it's actually a lot of uh, permutation. If you remember yeah. this module that you studied in GC, <laughs> okay, or yeah. secondary school, it is so tough trying to Strike total. Okay, so let's get get down to it. uh. There are seven groups in total. Okay, seven groups that you you can possibly strike from. Group one, if you Mm. strike six winning numbers. Group two, if you strike five winning numbers plus additional number. So anyway, fast forward, the easiest to strike group is group seven. You just need three winning numbers. But because it's so easy to strike, your price amount is only ten dollars. Okay? Mm. Ten dollars if you strike group seven with three winning numbers. Of course, you everybody hopes to strike group one, which is jackpot the entire six winning numbers, but the likelihood of striking group one is mm. one in fourteen million. <laughs> do you hear that? Do you hear that? Do, do you already repeat myself? Okay, I'll just say it again. <laughs> one chance in 14 million. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, good luck to you and everyone else out there uh, with the Singapore dream or striking total. I don't think it's impossible. It's possible. And people have done it before. Just that it's one in 14 million. So, uh, all the best to you. Yep. I can wow. see uh, I mean, that... Deborah trying to process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded.
0: I think I'm dumbfounded, I'm dumbfounded by the odds. But also, I, I'm just impressed that somebody has come up with a system where they make it look like it's so easy to win a large sum of money when the odds are so daunting. I mean, wow. Hats off to the designer of the total system. I exactly. mean, like... How simple can it be? You pick up a ticket, you choose six to seven numbers, or if you're really feeling flushed, you choose a lot more numbers. And then you go in and you buy this hope that, hey, you know what? Maybe I can strike. Let's not be too greedy. Not a jackpot, but at least $10,000.
1: Right? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's not then, be too greedy. Okay.
0: Yeah. But then the thing is, the odds are really stacked against you. And like I totally you know, saw the, the research as well. And the odds of striking first price in big sweep is lower than striking the jackpot in Toto. Am I right? Yes. I saw Yeah. So actually, yeah. It, you know, we might as well buy big sweep tickets rather than jackpot. I mean, <laughs> not that okay, I'm encouraging speak- anyone to be buying anything.
1: Actually. Speaking for myself, looking at my kind of luck. I'm better Mm. off not buying anything, okay? I mean, I guess which brings us back to our our main topic, our proper topic for today, which Mm. is, right now we're just talking about opportunity cost, The money that you spend on Toto, for example, okay, let's say you are my mother, and Mm. you buy System 7, which costs you $7, and you buy System 7 twice a week, Mm. okay? So it's $14 a week times four weeks. Times fifty two weeks you mean? Fifty yeah, okay, you can fifty two weeks total or times four weeks times twelve months, up to you. It's the same mm-hmm. same duration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so each year you spend seven to eight. Seven hundred and twenty eight dollars. Yeah, seven hundred twenty eight dollars. Oh, okay. okay. If you invest this seven hundred and twenty eight dollars. Yeah. Seven hundred and twenty eight dollars. And let's assume that your investment rate of return is five percent, mm-hmm. which is very doable in this day and age mm-hmm. and you spend you continue to spend 30 years hoping that you strike uh, total mm. okay in total you would have spent $21,840 if you had invested the money your future value will be 48367
0: so you basically per- more than double your money by a little yes. bit yes okay. <laughs> Notice my cynicism here. I mean, like, for me, I am the risk taker, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, like, yeah, you know, $14 a week is manageable, right? It's like an acai bowl, right? So if I don't eat this acai bowl, I spend $14 to go and buy Toto. And then if I buy it regularly enough, and I still, and one day I strike, like, maybe the $4 million jackpot. What is $48,000 compared to the slim chance of me striking for the $4, the $4 million jackpot.
1: So I guess we have a whole nation full of hopefuls like you. <laughs> <laughs> happy National Day. <laughs> yeah, happy National Day to all of us. Okay. Of course, it's so much more attractive thinking about striking this $4 million. Okay, Then we can head off. To- no, wait, you still can't buy the GCB. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Maybe you're better off changing careers. Okay? But anyway, <laughs> coming back to this. So you see, if you do it the very uh um, honest systematic way, you invest you invest this money, this twenty one thousand dollars, which gives you back forty eight thousand. It's more than double your money, like what you said, over thirty yeah. years. Mm. And right now we are just taking a calculation of about seven dollars each time, which is fourteen dollars a week. Mm. Imagine if you are someone who buys a way bigger bet, like mm. I don't know, maybe it. I know there are people who spend hundreds of dollars a week on a total big three, Then when you compound the interest, we're talking about a way bigger value. Of course, it's very tempting to say that, but you just need to strike one time in the entire 30 years yeah. to get a 4 million or a 1 million. I don't know. It's still, it's still a lot more attractive. Like I said, your odds are 1 in 14 yeah. million.
0: Yes. I guess it's always nice to hope that, you know, I'm the one in 14 million to strike that $4 million jackpot. But yes, I can see the rational part of it where if I had invested that $21,000 and then after 30 years, I am guaranteed $48,000. So compared to one in 14 million, my chances of getting an additional $27,000 is 100%. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, are you convinced by this argument, my dear listener <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is your own bet to make that's true. then that again, I uh, think about it mm. you no one is saying that you can't invest and still buy the the off big sweep for the here and there, even if you were to buy one dollar every week. We are not encouraging you to buy mm. this every week or to become regular uh, gamblers, but. If you just want to try your luck, $1 a week, I think no harm. As long as it's healthy, you don't get addicted. Yeah. And for the fun of it, if it gives yourself some hope, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just be realistic with your expectations. That is 1 in forty million. So, if you don't strike, no hard feelings. That's true. But I tell you, my feelings are very
0: hard when it comes to not striking Toto, okay? So, basically, okay, I have struck Toto before. Small price. So what happened was that, I, I guess you can call it beginner's luck. So it was my first ever um, experience buying a total, you know, ticket, right? And I chose eight numbers. And I think out uh, of the eight numbers, I got maybe four numbers, but it was a small draw and I won like $168 or something like that. Yeah, So so it was like the start of a slippery slope, right? And I kept telling myself that, yeah, maybe you don't waste your time buying Quick Pick or Six Numbers or System 7, right? Why do you, you know, keep your odds so slim? So which is why from then on, every time I take part in a total draw, I try to buy as many numbers as possible in one single ticket. I don't know if there's any of you who is a great mathematician out there listening to our show, but if you can write to me and tell me actually my strategy is quite sound, I mean, yeah, feel free to, to let me know. But, okay, that's it, right? So, every year, I wish that I would strike Toto. And every year, maybe, I'll spend, like, $50 on the Hong Pao draw. Like, just, you know, either buying quick pics with my mom, pulling money together with some friends to buy some tickets, and then going down, you know, to a Toto counter myself to buy my own ticket, right? Basically, I kind of, like, try to like spread my spread my wrist a little bit also. <laughs> like maybe different total outlets have like different different luck as well, right? So recently I've been because of my bullet journaling and I've been looking at how much I have invested and how well my investment um investments have been doing and I kinda like look at the difference and I was just thinking to myself, you know what? All these years of buying Toto, I didn't even, I have, I, I didn't even strike. You know. I didn't even win this amount that I have gotten through investment. Investments. And yeah. yeah, and this is how I kind of figured out like, you know, yes, that $4 million is a nice hope, but like that guaranteed return of investment, you know, when I put my money to work properly, rather than just to fund a big ginormous pot of a lucky draw dream, you know, it makes sense. And the rational mind will tell you like, yeah, you know, you should, you you will never win this amount if you bought Toto, you know, religiously for 30 years at like $14 a week. But, you know, it would be utterly possible for you to get a good return on your investment if you put that money, you know, if you're very disciplined with your money, and you put like a fixed amount of money every month into your investment and you will get that kind of return. So yes, I know you've all heard this all before from, from, from us both. But yeah, I, I think I can see why. And at the end of the day, like when we talk about this, right,
1: do you feel convinced enough to not ever buy Toto? Okay, for me, let's see. Uh, I am well aware that it is a very slippery slope. Because, like I said, my dad struck first prize, big sweet. Mm. And our family suddenly became rich overnight, literally overnight. And it was this influx back then, first prize was 1 million Sing dollars. Overnight, he was 1 million dollars richer, which is probably more than he can earn in his entire career. So we upgraded to a, what do you call it? I can't mentioned it, it's a two story mm. kind of HDB. Upgraded, bought a car, he started buying expensive watches for himself my mom all these things are it was complete lifestyle overhaul and he also started gambling more, more seriously because he had so much money that he thought was infinite and the gambling became very very serious and within let's say two to three years he lost everything just a matter of two to three years and and I hear the fights that he will have with my mom on the weekends because he The kind of gambling that he does is horse racing. Mm. And in one weekend, he can lose like $60,000-$70,000 one weekend. Okay? Which is probably someone's annual income. Yeah. But in his head, there was so much money to lose. So why not? I mean, it's all a gamble. So anyway, back to this slippery slope. I am very aware that it's very easy to get sucked into a habit. And so for myself, I like having control of my money. And having control means... When I invest, I know which industries, which companies I'm buying, which sectors. I know my investment team has done the homework for me and how they they create a portfolio. So these are things that I can control rather than total or big suite, where I absolutely cannot control over whether I will strike or not. And most of the time, I'll just assume that I won't strike just to manage my own expectations. But since it all boils down to control, I am much happier knowing what my money is doing, knowing how my money is spent, and knowing what kind of realistic projection my investments can bring me. So that's why for me, like you, most of my money are in investments. If I do the occasional for the total, uh, it's really very, very occasional because the the odds are so slim and it's against mm. me. Yeah. So, so, so that's just for me. Uh. I haven't yeah. really any serious money from, from any of these, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you call it, it's like lottery. Yeah, I I haven't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! Well. But yeah, it is a dream, right? Like basically, you buy a ticket and wake up overnight a millionaire kind of thing. Overnight, who, yes. Yeah, who wouldn't want that? And sometimes when you read, you know, the papers and you read about how some random retiree won the Euro Millions, and they are like. And the, and the jackpot price is like huge, like $35 million kind of price, right? USD so like, or Euros. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's bring it back to um, actionable insights, right? So you said that every time you buy Toto, you spend maybe $7 and you do it twice a week. That's $14, right? What can I do with this $14 now if I decided that, you know, I'm not going to buy Toto anymore? I'm going to make better use of that money because a lot of these investment Tools that are out there for for our listeners' consideration requires a minimum sum to at least open the account, right? but let's say I'm just thinking, you know what, I have 14 dollars now. There's nothing I can do about it unless I accumulate one thousand dollars and then I open an account. So what would some practical, actionable steps be for that you would recommend to someone who decide to put that 14 dollars to better use?
1: okay. Um, fourteen dollars might indeed be too small a sum, mm-hmm. but uh, um, let's talk about a more realistic number. Say, uh, fifty dollars a week. Okay, so instead of yeah. fourteen, we're talking about fifty. And I think an expense of fifty dollars a week is very easy to hit. Like if you were to order food online, like Grab, easily with delivery, it will cost around fifty. I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is for my own bill. Yeah. Um, for for two meals, it will be fifty bucks easily. So, if you were to save this 50 bucks a week, which makes it 200 bucks a month, with $200 a month, you can start your own monthly investment. Okay, So if the if our listeners here are interested to research more, you can Google dollar cost average, mm. which is something that I've been talking to Deborah about forever, like since the time I met you, I've been talking mm. about dollar cost averaging and its benefits. You can invest $200 a month or up to you, okay, $50 a week. and 200 a month will become 2000 for a year. And when you compound it in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, at 5%, you will be seeing a much bigger increment in your investment amount. And this is what I hear from my clients as well. Most people, they have this misconception that you need a very big amount to start with. And mm. people are intimidated because they, they think that, you need at least five thousand, ten thousand to start an investment, but it's not true. You can start with a monthly investment, or sometimes as low as a hundred a month, depending on the platform. Hundred a month, mm-hmm. two hundred a month. It doesn't have to be in the thousands. So right now, I would say it's definitely better to start with a small amount than nothing at all. Than if you were procrastinate thinking that you don't have a, a big big enough pool. Mm-hmm. So just start with however small amount you have. You start with fifty bucks a month. And you will see your portfolio growing, okay? Maybe at the end of a year. Yeah, so just be a bit patient. And uh, you can start with small amount.
0: So there are
1: platforms. financial
0: products out there that will allow you to start investing from as low as $50 a month. Am I right to say that?
1: Definitely. Uh, in fact, there are so many platforms out there now. You have your, you your robo-advisors. You have your investment <laughs> platforms. I think the, the benefit of being in Singapore... Is that we have we are so sophisticated when it comes to financial products, we have so many options. Mm. But that said, please do your own due diligence and find a reliable platform. I mean, these days my clients are asking me, you know, like this this platform is giving you a free apple share. I just saw one, free apple share, but it's quite complicated. You need to put in two thousand seven. Yeah. You get you sell you get a refund after three days or. I, I'm not sure, I, I, I really don't know, I haven't done my research on these platforms because they're so new and I haven't tried them and when it gets too gimmicky, I'm usually cautious. So please be careful about which platforms you use. Um, I would go with word-of-mouth recommendation, I mean that's why mm-hmm. I trust both uh, for my friends, especially if they have been investing for a while, but most of the time I just use the platforms that my company uses. Because I know that's what my investment team recommends anyway, and I've been using let's say iFast right. I've been using yep. iFast since I joined the industry back in '09. I'm still using iFast. It's still reliable. It's still very fast. So yeah.
0: Nice. Okay. So on that note, um, we'll call it an end to this month's episode. Next month, when we come back, uh, we will talk about something else. Um, but as usual, if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, please email us at goodgirls, talk about money at gmail.com. And with that, thank you for listening to us this month and um, happy National Day to all of you. Happy National Day. Bye. Bye.